Hello everyone, welcome back to the Knowledge Group podcast. We're taking a forward look at what speakers are covering at upcoming Knowledge Group programs, where this time we're turning our attention to environmental litigation in 2019, significant issues to watch out for. The event's going to go live on Tuesday, February 26th, running between 1pm to 2pm Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be joined by a panel formed of Joseph Simpson, a partner at Schumacher, Loop and Kendrick, LLP, and Dr. Mark Berkman, a principal at the Brattle Group. All the information about the panel and how to sign up will be found in the description box, along with the code PODCAST25, getting you 25% off your first webcast registration. Let's turn things over to our speakers now. Hi, uh, this is Mark Berkman. I'm a principal at the Brattle Group, an economic and financial consulting firm headquartered in Boston with offices across the U.S. and Europe and Australia as well. Um, I'm an environmental economist by training, and I've spent the last 30 years working on environmental issues, uh, oftentimes uh, re- resulting or related to litigation or, or regulatory review. Um, and I've had a lot of experience in uh, many aspects of, uh, of environmental uh, issues from, from water to air to solid waste and so on. Um, today, though, I want to focus on uh, three recent trends that I've observed in my practice that I thought might be of interest. Uh, the, the first is um, the use of the Dormant Commerce Clause in challenges to state and local environmental regulation. Now, this isn't necessarily a new topic, but there's been an increase in the last several years, and it's been moving in a slightly different direction than it has historically. Um, for, for quite a long time, at least from the late 80s, early 90s forward to uh, maybe the last 10 years, uh, much of the Commerce Clause cases that involve the environmental regulation had to do with solid waste, where local governments um, would impose what are referred to as flow control uh, and that would uh, restrict where haulers could deliver waste, uh, since that often crossed state borders and raised issues that the Commerce Clause, uh, where the Commerce Clause would apply. Um, but more recently, uh, in the last 10 years, the direction of these kinds of cases has changed. And in the, and in the first round of this new wave, um, many of the cases had to do with the attempts by state governments to impose additional regulations on the use of energy and related air quality and greenhouse gas emissions in particular, uh, and those were designed to promote uh, renewable energy for the most part to the, uh, at a cost to fossil production, fossil fuel production and, gener- and, and power generation. Um, and that's still the case today, although in more recent years, back to the last three or four, there's been a pickup in a different type of case, and that involves local or state governments um, actually blocking the development of new facilities, in particular uh, coal terminals that would allow U.S. coal producers to export coal to, uh, to uh, foreign countries. Uh, and there are actually two of those cases pending right now, and I will talk briefly about the implications of those and, and the underlying me- methods by which economists analyze them for purposes of litigation. Uh, the second trend uh, that I'm uh, going to talk about has to do with the emergence of environmental justice claims in litigation. Um, environmental justice claims aren't exactly new. The first ones probably date back to the 1980s, uh, and the US EPA has established guidelines for environmental justice testing uh, and employs it uh, when it's doing regulatory review, uh, but that is not necessarily translated to how the courts treat environmental justice cases. 
and I'll talk a bit about uh, th those distinctions and what economists bring to the table with respect to resolving environmental justice claims. And then finally, um, I wanted to talk about trends in natural resource damage methods. Um, certainly, some of the big cases of the last, uh, of the last decade or so um, were, uh, uh, were good news for environmental economists who, uh, who try to estimate natural resource damages. Um, you know, we've had a couple of major spills. Uh, and those generate a great deal of research and effort, but they come at a great cost. And so there has been renewed interest in making it simpler to come up with the valuation of natural resources going forward. And there are a number of methods um, often uh, grouped under the category habitat equivalency analysis, um, which is an attempt to really rely on prior research and apply to an, a current case. Um, to streamline things, and there are clearly some issues related to whether or not that's a good idea or not, um, what, and, and I will share some of the economists' views on that approach. Uh, and um, I will also talk about a, a similar approach that's referred to as benefit transfer, which is applied not only in, in uh, natural resource damage cases, but in other environmental damage cases as well. Um, I hope uh, that one or more of these uh, trends intrigues you, and I look forward to the webinar coming up. Good afternoon. My name is Joseph Simpson, and I'm a partner in the Environmental Practice Group with the law firm of Shoemaker, Loop, and Kendrick in Toledo, Ohio. I've been practicing environmental law for about 30 years now. I wanted to provide you with a little information concerning the Knowledge Group webinar, Environmental Litigation in 2019, Significant Issues to Watch For. The webinar is currently scheduled for February 26, 2019 at 12 noon Eastern time. I will be presenting on two different topics. The first topic is litigation trends regarding emerging contaminants, PFOS and PFOS. As you likely know, these contaminants are per and polyfluoroalkyl substances that have been in the news in recent years due to their emergence as contaminants of concern, primarily in drinking water. We will touch base on the basic issues concerning PFOS compounds, such as where they come from and how they've become contaminants of concern in environmental litigation. We will also address case law developments concerning PFOS compounds. Finally, we'll touch upon the anticipated future issues likely to emerge and necessary to be resolved in coming years concerning PFOS contaminants. My second topic is Clean Water Act liability for groundwater migration. This is an emerging area of litigation given that historically Clean Water Act uh, compliance issues related to point source discharges rather than groundwater migration. However, there is an emerging uh, body of case law in recent years concerning potential Clean Water Act liability for groundwater migration. We will touch upon Clean Water Act liability for unpermitted groundwater migration discharges and discuss whether groundwater can be considered a point source under the Clean Water Act. We'll also discuss a recent split in Federal Circuit Court authority concerning that issue. I look forward to speaking with each of you on February 26th regarding these important topics. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group podcast. Don't forget all the information about this webcast and more info about our panel will be found in the description box down below. 
along with the code PODCAST25. That'll get you 25% off your first webcast registration. We look forward to seeing you at future Knowledge Group events. And until next time, take care, everyone. Bye now.